It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Should the Carolina Panthers sign a free agent to sign their problems at right guard? Let's talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the rest of the preseason, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get your questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Tonight, the Carolina Panthers will face off against the New York Giants in week two of the 2023 NFL preseason. Last Saturday, things weren't so great, especially on the offensive line, but overall, things weren't great for everybody. As the Panthers lost 27 to nothing to the Jets, yes, scoreline doesn't really matter, but the performance does, and the performance was not good enough, not up to standard in a lot of position groups of the Panthers on Saturday, hoping to change that and have new energy and less questions coming out of this game tonight against the Giants. We're going to talk about some of the questions that you guys have as the weekly Friday mailbag is back once again. Going to do it again next Friday, the Friday after that. Then starting on Wednesday, September 6th, it will be the weekly Wednesday mailbag throughout the rest of the regular season. Then once we get to January hopefully February, then we'll go back to the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Let's go ahead and get into it now, starting off with Chris, who says, my question is, since we're having a hard time at guard, why not go sign Andrew Norwell, who started 16 games for Washington last season and is currently a free agent? Now, I have seen this sentiment put out there a couple of times. I read Mike Kay's mailbag of the Shroud Observer a couple of week, a couple of days ago, not weeks ago, but a couple of days ago, and there was people suggesting the Panthers sign a free agent at right guard. Now, the Carolina Panthers already went out there and signed Justin McRae, who can play guard, and we saw him on Saturday as one of the three right guards who were under, who were not under center, but were on the line when Bryce Young was out there. We saw Cade Mays, McRae, and Michael Jordan, Cade Mays, not great. McCray, not great. Michael Jordan, complete disaster, led to the sack on Bryce Young, one of the three hits that he took in his 11 snaps on Saturday afternoon, and has led to us talking about this all week long here in Carolina and wherever you are in the world, or even in space. Maybe people listen out in space. I don't know, but that's an issue. Right guard is. 
And I think it's going to be an issue, even when Corbett comes back. And that's not to say that Austin Corbett's not a good player. It's just you got to manage your expectations for a guy coming off of a serious knee injury and then coming back, not having a full offseason program, not having played however many games it's going to be that he's going to miss, a minimum of four, because I believe he'll start off on Pup. And the expectation from Reich and from Fitterer has been that, yes, he's going to start off on Pup. It's very likely that he will. Now, Corbett... Didn't really want to say whether he would or not. He said it's up to the guys upstairs. I think the, the guys upstairs understand that the best thing for Corbett and for the team long term is for him to sit out for the first four weeks or for however long it is until he's ready to go. So in the interim, the Panthers need to find someone at right guard they can trust. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. In-house, the options currently are Cade Mays, who's going to miss the game tonight with a neck, a neck injury. Not quite sure how long he's going to be out. Uh, Wright came out yesterday or on Wednesday, uh, whenever it was, and said that it was not that serious. So we'll see how long he's out, but he's going to miss tonight's game. Uh, there's also McCray, who is an option. But looking at what he did last week, hard to think that he would be the top option for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Michael Jordan, don't think he was ever an option. Was surprised he even got snaps with the ones last week. He certainly is not going to be one of the top options for the Carolina Panthers. But there's two others that we did not see on Saturday afternoon. That's Chandler Zavala, who came off a pup last week, was running with the ones on Monday and throughout the week, and I think will start tonight's game against the Giants. And he has the best chance of the guys that we just talked about to earn the job as a starting right guard after being drafted in the fourth round out of NC State. And James Campen does not want to move Brady Christensen from left guard to right guard, understanding that it makes more sense to keep him there where he's comfortable than to move him over to right guard, where Zavala, who can play left guard, and that's what he played back in college at NC State and a couple games of Iki Iquanu. He can play left guard, but he also is going to slide in at right guard right now. Now, Nash Jensen... The undrafted free agent out of North Dakota State is someone who also will probably get some first-team reps and has already throughout camp and so far in practice this week. I think he's someone who will get another opportunity or get an opportunity in tonight's game. I don't know whether he's going to get the second opportunity or the third, but I do expect him to be out there with the ones to get a chance at right guard against Leonard Williams and against, who's the other interior? Uh, Dexter Lawrence there with the New York Giants. So, those are the options here in-house. Outside of it, Norwell, as Chris brings up, yes, he's available. He will be 32 in October. Andrew Norwell was an All-Pro in 2017, the last time the Panthers went to the playoffs. Then he got paid a boatload of money to go to Jacksonville, where he was for four seasons. Then last year, he spent it with Washington under Ron Rivera, who was the head coach here in 2017, Ron Rivera, who's still not the head coach here in Carolina right now, Ron Rivera. So there is no tie to him here in Carolina. I know, same, you could say the same thing about, hey, Demir Bird, that was in a tie as far as on the staff, but he came back, and unfortunately he's injured, and we may not see him at all in the regular season for the Carolina Panthers. I don't see where the connection with Norwell to Carolina is, aside from this is where he started his career, but that staff is gone, and that's also the same staff that has decided to move on from him and not bring him back. So if Rivera has moved on, I don't think the Carolina Panthers should be looking to go bring in a guy who turns 32 later this season and probably is nowhere near what he was 
last year even during his prime in the NFL. So I don't look at that as an option. I've seen another option out there be Dalton Risner, who is currently available. I was looking at Walter Football. They had him rated as their number three free agent guard going into free agency back in March. He started every game he played in over the last four seasons in Denver, playing in 62 games and, of course, starting 62 games. Pro Football Focus uh, ranked him as the number 42 offensive guard among 77 qualifiers last year. Had a pass. He had a plus pass protecting up. Uh, had a plus pass protection rating of 72.6 and a substandard run blocking mark of 53.4. Now, pass protection is what we're concerned about. And if he can protect, then yeah, sign me up. But here's the thing. He's primarily played left guard. So can he come in and play right guard? But also, does it make sense for the Panthers to spend money on a player who does not have familiarity with the staff. Yes, maybe defensively because of Ajero Averro and Dom Capers, but completely different side of the football. No idea how often their paths crossed in the disastrous season last year under Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. And let's not forget, Risner's the same guy that was out there yelling at Brett Rippon on the sideline. One of the reasons why the uh, owners there in Denver decided, we got to pull the plug, because this is an absolute disaster with this guy as the head coach. So for me, I think he's a fine player, but the Panthers need a left guard. Yeah, cool. But they already have two guys that can play left guard. They have Brady Christensen, who currently is starting there, and Chandler Zavala. I don't think they need another guy who's a natural left guard to come in and play right guard. And you got to go back and listen to what Corbett had to say the other day because he talked about the nuances, how things are like, you know, just different where you're used to doing everything one way at left and then you got to go to the right. It's a little hard. It's not as easy of a transition as you may think. So I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. And how much money are the Carolina Panthers really trying to spend on a guy who could possibly at most, I mean, at, at most, at a minimum, he's going to play four games. But if he's only going to play four games, then how much money are you going to shell out for that guy when – Austin Corbett comes back, he's going to be the guy who starts at right guard. So I don't think that's what the Carolina Panthers need to do is bring in a free agent. But Risner, I think, would be the name that would make the most sense, more so than Andrew Norwell. All right, got another one uh, about the offensive line here from Cole. He said, any thoughts on Christensen and Zavala as left guard and right guard if Cade Mays doesn't produce? I think that's probably where the money should be on right now, on Christensen at left guard, as he's not going to be moved from that position, and Zavala at right guard, as I believe he'll probably start tonight at right guard for Carolina. And if he plays well, as Frank Reich said on Monday, they want to know who their best five is coming out of this game. They want to spend all next week with their top five offensive linemen going into that dress rehearsal against Detroit on Friday. They want to know who their top five guys are. And if Zavala grabs his position and plays well tonight, now don't hold, but if he grabs his position and plays well, I do believe – your thought there, or at least your question, Christensen left guard, Zavala at right guard. I do think that can happen, that they can find their top five guys tonight if Zavala goes out there and plays well, and they feel like he's the guy that they want to slot there at right guard until Austin Corbett comes back. So I do think there's a good possibility that could happen, but it's still fluid. Need to see what Nas Jensen looks like. Maybe Cade Mays gets another opportunity. Hard to believe that Michael Jordan would. Maybe McCray. Not quite sure, but it looks like it's the Vala's job to lose. Maybe I'm saying a little bit too premature, but I would look at him as the favorite right now at right guard, and that could quickly change after one series tonight against the Giants. All right, let's uh, take a quick pause here. Then I'll come back and answer more of your questions. As someone wants to know, does Jake Luton have a good chance to make the roster here in Carolina? So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. 
But these days, every new potential hire feels like a small, a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Make sure to add a free job post over on your LinkedIn profile. And once you do, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back into it. Panthers, Giants tonight, preseason week two. Can the Carolina Panthers find their top five guys on the offensive line, can they solve their issues there at right guard? I don't think they should add a free agent. I think the answer is on the roster, and the answer needs to be on the roster. doesn't make much sense to me to go out there and spend some money on a player who's only going to start maybe only four games this upcoming season. So we'll see. I think it's better if a guy like Zavala is able to develop and start and get that experience and then bring in Christensen, not Christensen, but uh, Corbett. Then we'll see uh, what it looks like down the road as far as the two guard positions here in Carolina long term. Uh, but now moving over to the quarterback situation here in Carolina. Obviously, Bryce Young is your starting quarterback. Andy Dalton not going to play tonight. That means it's going to be a lot of Matt Corral once again, who did not look good on Saturday. And it's going to be, I would think, a little bit of Jake Luton, who got some reps on Monday and throughout practice. The most he's gotten since he came to Carolina a couple of weeks back during training camp. Alex has a question pertaining to Jake Luton and his chances to make the roster here in Carolina, saying with the new rule allowing for an emergency quarterback, it makes sense for the Panthers to always have three. Is it unrealistic to think that Jake Luton could make the team over Corral, or is the Panthers' third quarterback not on the roster right now? It looks like a lot of teams out there from everything I've been able to read and I've seen on social media from other beat reporters across the NFL, it appears that most teams want to keep three. It makes sense. The owners voted on that rule so they could have a third emergency quarterback to somehow prevent what happened in the uh, NFC Championship game, which I do find funny um, when you really think about it. So the 49ers lost Trey Lance, who they wanted to be the starter, and then they lost Jimmy Garoppolo, who came in. And then they lost Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was already their third quarterback. And then they had, who was it? Something Johnson? I can't remember who it was at the end there. They were down to their fourth guy. So I don't really know how having a third emergency quarterback when you're going to be down to maybe your fifth stringer was going to help the 49ers that afternoon. I don't know. But for whatever reason, now we have a rule change. And it's to hopefully prevent games like that in that situation. But if you're down to your third guy, you're probably screwed. So, hey, great to have the rule change. I just don't know how important it really is for teams to have three. 
I really, I really don't. Uh, and when you look at it, like Matt Corral so far has not looked good. And yes, he's still developing. And things could change tonight. And I hope he plays well tonight. I seriously do. Because I do think for the Panthers, it would be better if Corral earns his way onto the roster and that Corral can continue to develop. I just don't know how many reps he's going to get. Now it's better that he would be getting reps throughout the season in practice because he didn't get to do that last year. And you have to wonder where he would be this year if he had been able to get to practice reps a year ago instead of being on the sidelines because of the list Frank injury they suffered in week two of the preseason at New England. Uh, you can always wonder, would he have gotten an opportunity to play last year? I think a lot of people would say yes. I'm not quite so sure that would have been the case, considering that Sam Darnold was getting paid a ton of money, and the Panthers clearly wanted to see what they had in him in the last six weeks of the season instead of sticking with P.J., and I think that they may have gotten to Darnold. I, I don't know. Maybe I would guess he probably gets an opportunity over P.J. Walker, Matt Corral is. If they didn't think he was ready, then I don't know if that would have been the case. So it's hard to know what would have happened. Uh, but it's certainly not great for Matt Corral to have not gotten those reps last year, and now he's coming into a new system that he's been trying to learn, and then he's playing in what you would call a disadvantageous uh, situation behind that offensive line that didn't protect him last year and not great weapons, even though Javon Wims and Derek Wright – they look fine for dudes are out there as your seventh and eighth wide receivers on this roster trying to scratch and claw and make the team. So we need to see more out of Corral tonight. And he has to show more if he's going to be on this roster because you would rather have Corral making a rookie salary over the next couple of seasons as your number three or number two quarterback um, than having to pay whatever you have to pay. Now, I don't think Luton's getting paid a lot of money anyways, um, but the Panthers – aren't trying to go out there and sign Jake Luton to a three-year deal to be a third quarterback. They already have Matt Corral basically on that three-year deal as their third and potential backup quarterback in a couple years' time whenever they decide to part ways with Andy Dalton. So I don't think it's unrealistic that Jake Luton can make the roster. I just don't think it's the preferred outcome for the organization for the reasons I just mentioned, just the cost-controlled contract. But that shouldn't hold them back. If Matt Corral, who... Yes, was drafted by Scott Fitter, but was not drafted by this coaching staff. And the coaching staff that went out there and moved up to get Bryce Young, the coaching staff that signed Andy Dalton to be the backup to Bryce Young, and signed him to a deal that would lead people to believe that he'll be here not just this year, but next year as well. They did not have Matt Corral in mind. And they should not adjust their plans just to have Matt Corral on the roster just because he is on a cost-controlled rookie salary. If he does not play well, if he's not playing well, then there's no reason to be here. He's not going to help your team. Now, I don't think Jake Luton necessarily helped the Carolina Panthers, but at least Jake Luton has experience playing in the NFL. And that is based off of his circumstance and what he was in Jacksonville. And circumstances have led Matt Corral to not get an opportunity, and that sucks for him. Uh, but that's just the league, man. It's a business. We're not doing anybody favors. This isn't a charity. He's got to earn it. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all that Jake Luton goes out, looks better, honestly would expect him to look better than Matt Corral tonight. But we'll see. If Luton looks better and Corral still looks like he's looked last week and in the past, then I would look at Jake Luton as the guy who should be the third quarterback here in Carolina. Because if Corral's not going to be able to help you, if you can't depend on him, then why is he on the roster? Why is he taking a roster spot? Would it make more sense to take a six-wide receiver or another edge rusher than to have a guy who – hopefully never plays that's the thing about it you have him on the roster you don't want him to ever play you hope he never touches the field 
That's the thing. So if you're going to have a guy who you're not expecting to play, don't ever want to play, he better be damn good. And he better be able to help you more than having another edge rusher or having another safety or having another corner or having another running back can. So we'll see. I, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, too. Like, he's not going to be able to play special teams. Uh, a guy like Amari Barno can play special teams for you. You can get more out of that. You can get more out of guys like Stan Thomas Oliver who can play special teams for you. Like, you can get more out of Chandler Wooten who can play special teams for you. Like, why are you keeping a third quarterback who you're not ever going to plan on playing? I don't know. We'll see. Um, we got Simon now asking, how many edge rushers will Carolina keep and who will be the odd man out? Okay, so right now, Brian Burns, uh, Justin Houston, Marquis Haynes, and DJ Johnson, all four of those guys clearly on the roster. Now, Haynes, um... A little concerned with the back issue. Hopefully, that can get sorted out uh, soon. They really need that to be sorted out soon because if he's not healthy, then, yeah, that's going to change the numbers there. Uh, I think the last spot, maybe spots come down to, like, Barno, Gross Matos, a guy like Kobe Jones maybe going out there. and He got to start last week in the absence of a couple of these guys. Uh, does it come down to those three for two spots or is it those three for one spot? I think Barno's on there. Got the sack on Saturday. He can play special teams. He's still a young guy. I think it makes sense to keep him around. Grosbatos, not a natural fit as we've gone over. Uh, okay on Saturday. Like, I, mean, I think he was fine, uh, all things considered. I would have him as the odd man out right now I, if they only keep five. Now, if they have six, then I think he holds on. Uh, but if it's only five, I would have him as the odd man out. So we'll see. I think five definitely they'll keep. And I think they only really need five. You're going to play Burns and Houston and Haynes the most. You're going to want to get Johnson in there maybe a couple of times. And then with the depth there at inside linebacker with the signing of DJ of Deion Jones, rather, and then also the emergence of uh, Kamu Grier-Hill, you can kick Frankie Louvo out to uh, edge rusher and help you out in those situations. So they, you have six with him. And you count him and Burns and Houston and Haynes and Johnson and then one of the guys, either Barno or Grossmanis or Kobe Jones, like that's six right there. So do you really need a true sixth outside linebacker if you have someone as versatile as Frankie Louvu? I would say probably not. So we'll see. I think five for sure. I could see six. I just don't know if it's necessarily uh, that uh, important for them to have a six edge rusher uh, out there for them. All right, let's take another pause here on the show. Then we'll come back and talk about the Carolina Panthers, their wide receiver situation, and whether they should move on from one player who is still competing for a job. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, again, next Friday, we'll be back again for the weekly Friday mailbag leading up to the Panthers dress rehearsal versus the Detroit Lions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me. And, you know, following the game tonight, you know, listen to the show. I'll be on live following the game. I'm going to be, and this is going to be a thing that's going to happen all year long, y'all. Um, just give you a heads up. Going to be doing a lot of Bleacher Report stuff. I think every game 
I'm going to be doing a live immediately after the games um, on Bleacher Report. So if you want to check that out, I'll put up the link on my Twitter account, at Julian Council. But we'll still do the live show here. Obviously, I built up an audience with Locked On Panthers, and you guys are still my number one, but they want to do it like immediately after the game. So I'll be doing that again tonight and throughout the regular season. Now, by going immediately up there, what it does not allow me to do is to watch the press conference from Frank Reich or Bryce Young or anyone else who goes to the podium. So the podcast will be different because I'll actually get the nuance and the understanding of what happened from the mouth of Reich and Young and whoever else they have out there. So throughout the season, immediately after games, I'll be out there on Bleach Report on, on, the, on the app. I'll be up live. And then probably 30 minutes after that, I'll be on live here on YouTube. So Check that out. So if you're locked on Panthers listener, which, I mean, you're listening to the show or watching the show, I'll be live again tonight. But just know, you know, programming stuff, just let you know. If, you wanna, if you're want to, if you a sicko and you want to check out the show, it's basically going to be the same show twice. But it's going to be a little different just because, you know, I get more information the second time around when I do it. And I get to kind of warm up and practice over on Bleacher Report. So the, the product's the best over here. Just want to let you all know about that. But uh, check it out live here tonight on the Locked on Panthers YouTube channel. And then, of course, I'll be in your podcast feeds immediately after, and that will serve as Monday's show. Not going to do another show on Sunday, y'all. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my weekend. Um, okay, so let's do it again. Weekly Friday mailbag. Again, next Friday we'll have one. We'll have one the other Friday. Then we'll be on Tuesday nights live, but aired on Wednesday for the, pa- the podcast folks here. All right, last question coming over from Travis. Who asked me, do you think we should try and trade Terrace Marshall Jr. and get some draft capital back? I do believe that TMJ is one of the two guys going to the season that it could make sense for the Carolina Panthers to try and trade them uh, around this time, opposed to cutting them. Uh, the other one is Etor Grosmatos. If he can get something back, he was a second-round pick, and that has value in this league even if he has not produced at a high level over the first three seasons of his career. And he's not really a fit here in his defense, so it would make sense for him to get an opportunity to go elsewhere. Um, but you want to get capital from it, from that. Like Bravion Roy, you're not going to get anything from, I think, out of that. You just got to cut the guy, give him an opportunity to go somewhere else, and he's caught on somewhere else, and we'll see if he makes a roster. Uh, but with Terrace and with Gross Matos, no. Nah, Second-round picks, you got to get something uh, for those guys. So the question, I think, comes – off of uh, Marshall's latest injury, where he has a back issue, not going to play tonight, and he was already on the unofficial depth chart behind um, Jonathan Bingo, the second-round pick out of Ole Miss in this year's draft, and he was also on the field behind him as we saw Mingo uh, start as that third wide receiver for the Panthers, and it feels like this staff really wants Mingo to be that guy for them this year and in long-term develop into potentially the number one wide receiver here in Carolina. So we'll see if that is how it turns out, but he is ahead of Terrace. And now with Terrace's injury, it's pretty much signed, still delivered that John Domingo is going to be your number three wide receiver here in Carolina to start off the season. Now, will that stick? We'll see. Would Terrace Marshall benefit from a fresh start elsewhere? There's an argument for it, but the argument also maybe against it is he's not going to get a fresh start anywhere if he's not healthy. And as that's been the primary issue. For Terrace Marshall, since he got to Carolina, he had the knee issue at LSU that they drafted him and knowing about. That's why he fell in the first round. Um, and God, you go back to 2019 when they had an insane offense with him and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and, of course, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, that great offensive line, Joe Brady not calling the plays. Um, he was like the leading touchdown guy early on in that season until he got hurt. And then that's when you saw Jefferson 
and Jamar Chase just go off and end up being the guys who they are. Now, I don't know if Marshall, had he stayed healthy, if he would be that level, because that's just, that's rare. And it's stunning that those two guys were on the same college campus and that they both have come to the league and they're the top two wide receivers, arguably, in the NFL. But I do think that he can be a good player. He's just got to be on the field. So you have the knee coming out of college. Then he's had the concussions during his uh, rookie year. He also had the hamstring last year that kept him out during training camp and hindered his ability to earn that job. And he ended up being behind Shai Smith. And now he has this. So if he goes somewhere else, he hasn't been healthy. So how many teams are out there interested in a former second-round pick who has potential? He showed it last season in those final 11 weeks, but he's also a player who just has not been healthy enough and someone that you can depend on. So I, I think I don't know. I would I want to keep him around. I still the writing kind of feels like it's on the wall though. But ah, I don't know. It's tough. Because here's the thing: like Thielen's gonna be here this year and next for sure. Mingo obviously here for like the next four years. It looks. Like. I mean, at least this year and next. Uh, but we're gonna sign him. We'll sign him on for like the next four years uh, because he's a rookie. So you got those two guys that you know gonna be in your wide receiver core next year. Uh, feels like the last year for Chenault. No idea what Shai Smith's future is here in Carolina. Don't look at it as being a bright future, honestly. And then TMJ could come back, and maybe he ends up being your number two or number three next year. So I, I don't want to give up on him because who knows if DJ Chark's going to be here next season. Like, if he plays well, the Panthers could franchise tag him if they want to do that. Uh, but they're going to do that. Then they need to actually sign him and not hold the guy hostage, which is why I hate the franchise tag. But there's a possibility that if he does build on the route tree, he has a big year and he's healthy, that he goes out there and cashes in. Because I think this will be the this upcoming uh, offseason is probably his best chance to ever get a huge payday in the NFL. And he should get he should take from the highest bidder. <laughs> forget winning. Forget where you're at. Go get the money. So there's not a guarantee that Chark's here. I don't think Lovishka Chenault's here. No guarantee that Smith even makes the roster in a couple weeks' time. So you're looking at Thielen and Mingo as the only guaranteed dudes on the roster next year if you decide to move off of Terrace Marshall Jr. So for that, I would rather keep him around. Like, I would rather see what he's able to do this year. And then if you're going into it next year and it looks like he's just not going to be your guy, if you were able to add – um, another receiver and, and through the draft or during free agency, that's when I would be like, okay, fine, cut bait, see what you can get from him for him. I just don't think right now trying to trade for a guy who has a back injury and has been injured throughout his career so far and has shown signs, but not long enough for anyone to really sign on for a ton of money or like, you know, capital rather. I just don't think it makes sense. I would rather wait till like March for this time next year. I'm not ready to do that now. So, no, I do not think the Panthers should try to trade Terrace Marshall. But as Scott Fitter said, in on every deal. So, if someone calls him and gives him a good offer, then, well, wouldn't be surprised if he decided to do it. I just don't think that is exactly what they want to do right now. I think it would be tough to do, considering the current injury that Terrace Marshall is dealing with. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure you all to subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, over on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can get all of my updates uh, about what my thoughts are the, for the Carolina Panthers throughout the game tonight, uh, but also where you can um, at me or DM me for next week's Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. So go ahead and do that. Uh, again tonight, 
Gonna be back here live on the YouTube channel, so that's why you should subscribe. And if you don't, you always gotta subscribe to the podcast so you can get whatever happens on a live show there in your podcast feed. But I'll be back live probably 45 minutes after game time I'll be on. So about 45 minutes, maybe to an hour after the game is over, once uh, the press conferences have happened and after I've done my Bleach Report stuff, I'll be back here live breaking down everything that I saw and that you saw. We all saw in the Carolina Panthers preseason game against the New York Giants there at MetLife Stadium tonight. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all later tonight. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.